Well, welcome to Safe Haven in 2019. Um, we are going to enter into a little bitty mini journey. And today, really, that's all I want to do is just kind of highlight what this mini journey is going to look like. Um, so it, there is a happy new year. That's, that's the fun part of New Year's. Um, and even those words, let me just kind of say these words out loud. When you think of the words Happy New Year, there's just something freeing about those words in and of themselves. Just the words, all right? Breathe these words in. Here we go. New Year. Like, that just feels good, doesn't it? Um, blank slate. Can I get an amen for a blank slate? All right? Now, I know some of y'all's 2018, you didn't want to let it go. But for the rest of us, we ready for 2019. Um, new year, blank slate, fresh start. How good does that sound? Praise God for rhythms where he birthed in the year. Rhythms where we just kind of get this new year, fresh start, blank slate. Those things are for our good. It reminds me of middle school. Miss Finley was my teacher at Bottenfield High School. Um, go Bengals, by the way. Green and gold Bengal, of all things. And, and at Bonfield High School, we took an exam one time, and Miss Finley, we took the test, and so many people did bad on it. I came back in, and the next day, she said, to, to the whole class, not just to me, she said, hey, um, because y'all did so poorly on the exam, we're going to have a redo. To which was the greatest news that I, because I knew I flunked that bad boy, because I flunked all of them. But that whole redo thing, just that, that new redo, that's kind of what a year is. It's that, it's that fresh start. It's that redo to do today what I wish I would have done yesterday. Praise the Lord for new starts, fresh beginnings. And that's what we come to today, this new thing. And in its simplest form, every fresh start, every new year, always begins with the same question and here's what the question is the question is what is my vision every restart begins with that question what's my vision or maybe it's this way what do i hope for or what do i see in the future so there's a crew um, of all the para athletes they're kind of i won't point them out but they're all kind of over here in this section um and, and so they're at the Paris Center where me and Cole go make monkeys of ourselves. You know, I, I go into that gym feeling like Lou Ferrigno, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I, I bust up in there and slap my five pounds on each side like a boss, right? Screaming, grunting. And then I walk out and look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, you're still that skinny guy. But nonetheless, it's that, it's that vision. It's that what do I want to see accomplished? What am I hoping for? That's what newness is all about. And that very question has been asked me recently several times throughout this past year. So today is just going to be a quick little journey. This question came to me by one visiting family, one staff member, and then two other members of our church. And the question was this. Hey, Troy, as we think through the new year or even now, what is our vision statement? What do we look for? What do we hope for? What do we want to accomplish? And that whole notion of vision has taken me on quite a mental journey. And so this past year, I kept reliving that question. So I started 
where all true vision comes from, the Google. And so I just began to, begin to think through, okay, well, what, is, what, is, what is Safe Haven all about? What do we hope to accomplish? What is our vision? What is our mission? And so I, I came up with some of these, and I'm going to read some of these out for you. Um, there was a litany. You can go type in vision statements and get them left and right. What do we hope for in this fresh start new year? These are some of them. I just kind of, some small ones, some big ones. They'll pop up on the screen. Um, one church says that this is their vision statement. To be a place where love works. Now, I don't even know what that means. All right? <laughs> and the Corinthians got in a whole lot of trouble for that in Scripture. Um, so on one side of that, but that was... To be a place where love works was the vision statement. Um, another vision statement was uh, making new, making great, which sounds a lot like a presidential slogan. Um, and, and so there's my political statement for the year. Um, making new, making great. Another church's vision statement was to rescue and replenish a world lost and broken by sin, thereby making all things new. If you're going to shoot for the moon, brother... Shoot for the moon, right? Uh, this one, to create a radically inclusive, just and loving community mobilized to alleviate suffering and break the cycles of poverty and marginalization, which is an awesome statement. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if that's the Peace Corps or the church, right? And, and then this one right here. To be a global and highly trusted model of relevant and innovative evangelism. Because as we all know, that old gospel just don't work anymore, right? Or this one right here. Uh, to continue growing, impacting lives, and using technology and the arts to reach 100,000 people for Jesus Christ. And of course, my mind went to, what if I'm 100,001? <laughs> like, am I, do I get in? You know, whatever. But these are all, and, and I don't mean to be cynical of these statements. I mean, they're just all statements, and it's all people trying to express what the vision is and, and that kind of thing. But at, as I read statement after statement, here was the next question I came. So again, this all comes from New Year Fresh Start. What is our vision? This is a question somebody asked me. So I started looking at vision statements, and then I asked this question after reading all those. Does God indeed grant multiple vision statements differently to different churches what is that and so i want to answer that in a couple of ways i want to answer it yes and no number one and this will be on the screen as well does each church reach different people yes we can unequivocally say that does each church reach people with different methods Yes, we can unequivocally say that. But are there different visions to strive after as churches? I don't think so. I, yeah, we reach different people. Yes, we do it for different ways. Um, some people do it one way. Other people drop 6,000 eggs out of a hot air balloon or land helicopters and that kind of stuff, right? I get that. Some people um, help try to reach the community by having softball teams that dominate the program, right? That's just self-seeking. Um, but yeah, we reach different people, and yes, we reach different methods, but I don't think our visions should be any different than any other church. We should all have the same vision biblically. 
And so then my question after that was, so why on earth are there so many church vision statements? Two reasons why I think this may occur. Number one, because the world we live in is indeed consumeristic. Every brand has a slogan, right? Nike has a slogan, Adidas has a slogan, and all of that appeals to our entrepreneurial style. And so basically churches try to, if we're not careful, we'll lock into the Nike or Under Armour model and try to reach people by slick slogans because it will appeal to the masses in different ways, stroking the palate. And so number one, I, th I think that may happen. And then number two, I think it happens because sometimes someone or something just dominates the culture of a church. Here's what I mean by that. The pastor, and no amens, no nods, no nothing, the pastor may have his own hobby horse. Don't nod. Hold it in. And so therefore the church's vision kind of wraps around that pastor's hobby horse. Stop nodding. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing, Jared. We will. We will. And so the church slogan becomes what the pastor likes to do. Or the staff all have the same gift sets. And so the staff drives the church in a certain vision because they all are alike. Or the deacons have an agenda. Nobody nodded on that because nobody wants to out right? Or this right here, a book. Even a book can shape the culture of a church, right? A vision statement can be wrapped around a book that the church read together, and so therefore everybody just kind of does what the book says. So the result ends up like this. You ready? Our church vision statement is we're all about missions. Our church vision statement is we're the hip church. Our church vision statement is we're the doctrinal church. Our church vision statement is, we build a bunch of stuff. Our church vision statement is, we feed a lot of people. Or our church vision statement is, we plant churches. Now you see how we can shape the vision by what we like to do. And my question is, as we kick off the new year, what are we going to be about? Are we going to be about what we like to do? Or has God defined something for us to do already that we don't have to create a statement or attempt to create a statement better than he's already created? Does that make sense? As we think through this new year, man, I, this is what's going through my, my brain because churches can indeed end up lopsided. We can be a wheel that's flat on one side and bloop, 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 and keep hitting the same thing. And I think God, ugh, I don't know what that was. Um, I think maybe God has designed a church that is indeed well-rounded. And so rather than our passions or gift sets getting slapped in a slogan, and then tacked up as a vision statement, and then people jump on board or off board based on their passion and interest in our slogan, maybe, just maybe, maybe God's already addressed this. And so, as we look at this, I don't want to be a lopsided, consumeristic, cute church. <laughs> um, I just want our vision to be faithful to God's vision if he's indeed already granted one. Is that fair?
So with that said, let's stand up in honor of God's word. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 16. Praise God that he indeed is not silent on this. And again, today I'm just, I'm just kind of kicking off some thoughts, and, and I'll explain why in just a minute. But we're, this is the chunk of scripture that we're going to examine for the next four weeks. Right here. We're going to hang out right here. And then in February, um, I guess this is the grand unveiling, we will kick off the next book of the Bible will be the Gospel of Matthew. And man, I'm telling you, well, there'll be a video coming out that explains why. But uh, there's some shocking, crazy phrases in Matthew. Crazy, all right? Jesus did a lot of stuff in the Gospel of John, and he said a lot of stuff in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, and we're going to kind of look at that. And so that's going to be our journey. But for the next four weeks, just hang in there for four weeks, and then we're going to dive into the text. Uh, so our ornament next year will be like a big M for Matthew or something like that. Um, all right, okay, where are we at? Ephesians, right? Let's jump back into Ephesians, back into this series. This is what I want to look at for the next four weeks. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 16. We will skip verses 8 through 10 um, for now, for now. Ephesians 4, um, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So maybe there's a vision here. Do this with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave... The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, all for one vision, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Watch this. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And I'm going to propose to you that there is one vision statement for all churches and any church, and it rests right here in this command from our Lord. Be seated. So as we examine this for the next four weeks, man, I, I pray that you'll be here. Um, I pray this is a defining moment for us as a church. What we're going to unpack over the next four weeks is truly indeed monumental and defining for us. If you want to know what Safe Haven is all about, what our vision is, for the next four weeks we're going to unpack this bad boy. 
And there's three reasons why this is going to be important. It'll be on the screen above. Number one, I think this is going to be vitally important for us just for worship. I think that we're called as a church to worship in all things. And I think even our vision nearing is worship. Here's what I mean by that. We at Safe Haven, we don't want to be pew up. We want to be thrown down. So as we think through what we're doing as a church, we don't want to just kind of send out a, maybe uh, put out a little piece of paper and say, hey, what do you want to do? And then craft our church based on pew, which we don't have pews. Maybe in the new facility we'll get some pews, like really padded, like with massagers in them and stuff, all right? Um, right? Can I get an amen up in there, all right? <clears throat> we don't want to be pew up if we're going to worship, do we? We want to be God down. What does he want us to do? So we're going to examine this to make sure our vision is in line with God down, thrown down, number one. Number two, this is going to be important because of mission. The local church, listen to me. The local church is incredibly important in 2019. The local church is not an irrelevant old thing that God spun into motion and then kind of was like, eh, there's better, more innovative ways to do that. I'm not jabbing at a vision statement we might have read just a minute ago. But God designed the church on purpose to do something specific. And man, we want to be about that. So number one, it's about worship. But number two, it's about mission. Our Lord and Savior bled and died for the local church. He then reorganized the local church and sent it out to evangelize the world and to equip the world. The local church is vitally important. So much so that our Savior bled and died for it. I'm a local church guy because our Savior is a local church guy, right? There's all kind of things that I could be doing and you could be doing early this morning. I could be hanging out eating Sister Schubert's sausage rolls, right? Because you know you love them, and if you don't love them, you love Sister Schubert's, Schubert's, uh, Schubert's cinnamon buns. You love something of hers. We could be doing all kind of things. We could be prepping for the game. This is important. Why is it important? Because God wants to do something with it. Namely, Christ has given the ministry of reconciliation to the church. We're vitally important. So number one, we're going to examine these things for worship. We don't want to be pure. We want to be thrown down. Number two, because mission. And then number three, for practical reasons. It is really easy to be fickle about a man's vision. If I give you a vision and say, here's my vision, you can jump on board or jump off board whether you like me or not, right? But if it's God's vision, we're all in. <laughs> because it's not a matter of, do I like Troy or do I not like Troy? Do I like Jonathan or Dan? or Do I like John or do I like Scott? It's not about that, it's... What does God want? And if God says it, we want to be all in. So we're going to look at this as to what this looks like. Now, allow me as we wrap this up. Allow me to try to paint a picture of where I'm headed in a picture format. This past September, I believe it was September. Beth, when did we go to Fayette? Fit? August? Okay, I was about to say October. That wasn't right, right? Um, August. August? You did say August, right? So our church went to um, 
fit, I'm trying to learn. If one of y'all went, if y'all grew up in fit, please help me afterwards how it said. Uh, when I moved here, I was like, I'm going to head on up to Fayette. And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, it's, well, here it is. And they're like, that's fit. I'm like, no, fit would be spelled F-E-T. But then again, I digress. All right, so here's the deal. We went up to that water park and we're hanging out at that water park and it was a blast. Jarrett Shepard did more stuff on a slide that I even thought was humanly possible, all right? But here's what happened at the water park. There was the, the big part of the, the pool that was a shallow entry, okay? Everybody could kind of enter into that section. And listen to me, that is where the party was at. All right, so when we do this again next year, if you're a party person, hang out in the shallow end. Everybody was hanging out, playing, laughing. Kids were running around everywhere. You know, we didn't even have to shut down the pool because one of the, anyway. Um, <laughs> no brown matter. It was just a good day, okay? Hanging out in the shallow end. So that's part of the pool. And then there was a deep end. And there in the deep end, there wasn't as many people. It, it wasn't so shallow. It was kind of focused, and they were doing their own things. And there was little competitions going on about who could slide off the slide and make it across the barrier that you weren't supposed to. Imagine that, a church group trying to break the rules, right? Especially safe haven. And so anyways, they're trying to slide down through that and doing their own thing in the deep end. Then there were people who were hanging around around the edges, and they were working. They didn't care about playing. They were just kind of watching what was going on. And then there was the crew who kept climbing up the stairs and going up the stairs and get up there to see the whole scenery. And they kind of had that broad perspective of everything. I think... A well-rounded church, biblically, probably looks just like that. I think if we're going to be a well-rounded church, a God-vision church, I do think there's a very shallow part. I think there's an entry-level part that some of you guys love. You are the party people. You, that was my rave music, right? You're those guys. You love that, and I love that you love that. And I think what happens a lot of times in churches is there's a few people that's like the party people, and then everybody else is real like, we don't like the party people. And so what do the party people do? They go join another church that's all about party. And it gets isolated, and then that church just becomes a lopsided party church, party church. Party church. So much so that I heard a pastor recently say this. I'm getting better, JT. I'm getting better. It didn't come out. Uh, and the church, the, the, the pastor said this. We don't ever want to be anything other than a shallow church. And I'm like, I just don't think that's biblical. But I think that's what happened. Blah, 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 blah. I think there's room for shallow. So if you're a party person, we need you. And we're going to explore that next week. And I think that's biblical. I think there is a shallow end that's very evangelistic. Come all, come to Jesus. We don't care if you can exposit Romans 9 through 10 because frankly, none of us can either. We can try. But we want you. There's a place for you, shallow. Come in, test the waters out. There's a place for that in church, according to Ephesians 4. But then I also think there's a deep end, which is where if I'm not... If I'm not careful, I will hang out in the deep end all day long. And Julia will sit there with me, won't you, Julia? And I'll hang out in the deep end. 
And I'll forget about the shallow because I want to parse words. And I want to dissect and I want to see the deep. I want to get all in the scripture, man. I want to chew it up and just munch on it. Before I know it, three or four days have gone by. And 17 people may have crossed me in a shallow end, but I didn't have a clue because my head was in a book. But I do think there's room for the deep end of the pool. I think if we're going to equip, we got to be deep too. So if you're a deep person, there's a place for you in God's church. There's a place for you to study and dissect. And as a matter of fact, it's funny because I'm looking across the room and all my party people, which is a lot of people, when I started talking about the party, all y'all was looking up at me like this. You was like, oh yeah, yeah. When I started talking about deep, there was about 10 of you that was like, oh, tell me more. And the rest of everybody was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like you just got lost. I think there's room for the shallow and the deep. And then I also think there's room for, and, and, and Billy, please don't get mad at me. Please don't get mad at me. I didn't ask for permission, but I'm going to do it anyway. Get mad at me later. All right. Billy Duncan, in my opinion, is not necessarily the shallow or the deep. Billy's all around the edge of the pool. Billy just want to make sure the ship keeps running. <laughs> and he's moving stuff and doing stuff, and he's always serving, 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 serving. And I think there's a part of that in church. There's a shallow end. There's a deep end. There's a servant end of the pool. And then I think there's some of us in this room. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I've had to confess this before the Lord. I don't think we've done a good enough job of asking the question, who climbs the ladder and gets up there and says, who's next, where do we need to go, and who needs to hear that haven't even heard the gospel exists in terms of mission? So there's people that will climb the ladder and go, hey, hey, I'm glad y'all are having fun down here in your holy pond, but there's more out here. And what do we do to do this and to honor this as well and to go to the ends of the world? Does that make sense? I think God's vision is for a well-rounded church. And so for the next four weeks, listen, it's, it's, it's not that it takes a village. It's that God desires a village. And I want to be a part of that type of village. To where if you're a party person, I want to crank up the music for you. Now when you start taking your clothes off, I'm going to turn the music down, right? <laughs> huh? Or again, try to drop eggs out of a hot air balloon. We just won't do that again. We learned our lesson. And if you're a deep person, I want to be able to go to you and say, hey man, it's okay to get out of the book every now and then, but I want to dive in deep with you. I want you to take me deeper. I want you to ask questions I've never thought of. If you're a servant person, I want to go, how, how do we serve better? Help us serve better. If you're a big vision, like there's, I, okay, here we go. Okay, I'm going to, one of my New Year's resolutions is to be on time. I have 60 seconds. Okay. Um, I may break one right here and now. Um, the fact that we haven't taken a foreign mission trip in two years is just not a good thing. There's some people in this room who are craving how do I take what's go? I'm learning here and being equipped here to go and serve and do elsewhere? 
help us. Help us go there. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Um, so you need to be here. I'm begging you, man. I am begging you to be here for the next four weeks. And then afterwards, you may be like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. That's fine. But be here for four weeks. And let's hear what God's going to do. Because of this, when each part is working properly, the body grows so that it builds itself up in love. Out of this passage, we're going to see at least four elements. Band, come on back up. Four elements of God's vision for his church. Here's the dates. Here's what you'll see. Um, that's what the next four weeks will look like. Um, next week, we're going to look at what a celebration church is like. Shallow, wide, and loud sometimes. All right? This is, will be our, our mass attendance Sunday, okay? Be here for this. We're going to talk about what does that look like. The next week after that, scholarly church. I do think that's a part. We're going to look at that in Ephesians chapter 4. Not wide, not shallow, deep and robust on purpose. January 27th, the serving church. What does that look like? What does it look like to give our lives away expecting nothing in return except for the glory of Christ to be returned to him and not to us? And then number four, February 3rd, a growing church. Um, a church that digs out new sloughs. <laughs> I love going swimming in, in the Cockrum Slough. It's a safe slough. It's off of the main body of water. A lot of times at church, we like to dam the whole thing up and go, us and no more. And I think the church should be about digging new sloughs so that more people can ski in fresh water. So, with that said, we're even going to have a covenant renewal. Covenant members, you are getting a letter in the mail. It'll drop in your mailbox tomorrow. Read it. Read it. Um, covenant partner lunch, February the 10th. So, with that said, let's stand up. Basically... Safe Haven over the next four weeks is having a 101 on steroids. <laughs> and so for all y'all that have had excuses for six years of not coming to 101, gotcha. <laughs> We're going to have it anyway, right in here for four weeks. Um, so be here. Guests, this is the perfect opportunity for you to hear what Safe Haven is all about. Come, hang out. See if God's calling you to be a part. Believers, this is a fresh moment for us, tie it all back to the top, to ask the question, what does God want of Safe Haven Church? What is our vision? For Christ's glory and the gospel to be spread, let's ask the question. Let's pray together. So, Lord, again, thank you for church. And I want to hold that word loose. God, as pastor of Safe Haven, I want to pray this in we terms. So, Lord, we as a church hold our vision loosely. Demolish it. Reshape it. Fresh start, new year, blank slate. 
craft us into the church that you want us to be. I cannot think of a better way to kick off the new year than communion. Believer, the table is where you need to be. So come and be bathed in the gospel of the Christ who bled and died for the church. If you're a believer and are a surrendered follower of Christ, you are welcome to the table at Safe Haven. There's two tables up front. There's two tables in the rear. We take the juice. We remember the blood that was spilled for us. We eat the bread and we remember the body that was broken. The table is open for all believers. And if you're an unbeliever, man, to let today be the day of salvation. Enter into the shallow end of the pool. Confess your sin. Trust in Christ's righteousness and surrender your life to him. Do that. The blood of Christ is sufficient for you today. You don't have to clean up to come to Christ. As a matter of fact, Christ coming to you demands that you acknowledge you're not cleaned up. Come to Christ today. I'll be hanging out down here if you want to make that public.